Welcome to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church of Auburn, where we get to sit down and have a conversation with our pastor, Eric Zellner, and learn how God's Word applies to our lives. Welcome back to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church. Uh, we are so glad y'all listening. I'm your new host, Will Avant. That's right. Um, try not to go word for word off of uh, the last host's intro, but um, a <laughs> little nervous for my first time, so we'll see how it gets. You're doing great. How are you doing today, Pastor Zellner? I'm good. Will, um, you are, just tell everybody uh, who you are and, and uh, what year you are in school and how, the, how this came about. Yes, uh, my name is uh, Will Levant, kind of like I said before, um, but uh, I am in my ma- in the Master's of Accountancy program here at Auburn University, um, just finishing, getting my CPA, and then I'll be in the working world. Very soon, good, soon very good. Any, anything big happened for you this summer? Um, yeah, I, I got married, so that was okay, pretty big. Okay, that is big, yeah. That was, that was uh, a lot of fun, and marriage has been such a blessing uh, and a beautiful um, creation and ordinance by God. That um, is, oh. It's great. It was a beautiful wedding. I, I was honored. You were one of, um, I think, five weddings I did this summer, and it was a real joy to be with your family. So, um, I did. I do want the audience to know I didn't choose you because your name is Will, um, though that would be consistent with our previous other hosts. I chose you because you read, and because uh, you and I have had some kind of offline conversations about theology and different stuff over the years. So, I thought this would be helpful for us to just be able to put a microphone in front of our conversations and. Uh, see if that could be useful for other people. And it doesn't hurt that my name's Will as well. Yes. I mean, that's a big help. It's a that big help. It's a big help. That makes sure that I don't mess it up when I go, that's right, Will. Yeah. I so, mean, it's a beautiful name. So. <laughs> it's a great name. All right. So let's start off. Where where are we today? Yes. Yeah, so we are actually starting a new series. Uh, we're going to be going through different false gospels that we see um, within our community, uh, Auburn. And um, just things we would come come across commonly, and and, and ways to discern those. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to kind of to start our series, I want to ask you. I want to ask you a question by asking, uh, what is a false gospel? Okay, what is a false gospel? Okay, uh, a false gospel. We, we probably need to begin. You asked that question. It's a, it's the place we need to start for this discussion. But let's just let's just start by saying, uh, what's the gospel, right? And 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 so when when a Christian talks about the gospel. Uh, the Bible tells us that the you know through the Apostle Paul the gospel is the means of salvation for anyone who believes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, the gospel is the the hope that simply by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, then through His righteousness uh, my sins can be forgiven uh, and washed away, and then therefore I am made right with God because of what Jesus has done, both in His life and in His death. Right, right. Uh, in his life, obeying God perfectly, which I've never done. In his death, dying to pay for the sins that that my uh, my rebellion has earned. And so, when we talk about the gospel, it is just uh, fully and squarely about Christ and His um, saving uh, grace. And then, uh, I had a, a pastor many years ago who would who would explain faith. Uh, in this message or in this Christ by, by, by thinking about it like an arm, faith reaching out to grab hold of the message of Christ. So, uh, so that we never think about faith as just another good work, 
but really we think about it as a gift, as my arm has been given to me uh, by God. Faith is a gift given to me by God, whereby I reach out and grab hold of Christ, and that's my salvation. So when we talk about the gospel, then we can turn and go, okay, what would be a false gospel? Um, and I think the reason uh, the, a false gospel is anything that veers from that by taking something away from the glory of Christ, and that could be like a something that we think is minor, but anything that uh, that takes something away from the message of Christ alone for salvation is uh, detracting from the glory of our Savior. And so, uh, discerning false gospels is important um, because it's all over the New Testament. In fact, the Apostle Paul routinely instructs uh, the churches that he writes to uh, to be watchful of these various doctrines. You, you may remember. Um, he writes to Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, 3, if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus uh, Christ and the teaching that affords with godliness, he's puffed up with conceit, he understands nothing. Um, and then he also later writes uh, in Galatians, he said in Galatians 1, 8 and 9, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Um, and he, he repeats that same phrase as if to really drive home. It, if somebody was to preach a false gospel to God's people, then he should be accursed. Uh, Paul summarizes the same thing in, in chapter 5, verse 2. I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, that is, as a step toward getting right with God and justification, uh, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Um, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. Now, circumcision was the issue of the false gospel in Galatia, right? People who had believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ also felt like they needed to cling to the Old Testament laws, circumcision, which is which was pointing away to the pointing forward um, to the cleansing that would actually take place at the cross. But Paul was saying, if you're going to try to take Christ and circumcision, then you've actually not taken Christ. So that's why it's so important to recognize the truth and then recognize the way errors pull something away from the glory of Christ. Right. right. And if we're going to say that the gospel is the foundation belief of the Christian religion, then it must be the foundation belief in our lives. Absolutely. And that's going to be something we want to be sure that we are getting from the Word of God and not from uh, the Word of man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, which I think you even stating that reminds us why that's so. Why this is such a relevant question, because there's lots of voices speaking into our lives, and unless the Word of God, preaching through the preached Word, through reading of Scripture, unless the Word of God is the thing that is the primary voice in our lives, we so easily veer off of truth into these areas that can be false gospels. Right. And there's tons of different false gospels. Um, and so yeah. the purpose of this series is kind of go through some of the bigger ones that we'd see more often. That's right. Yeah, um, that's great. That's not only a way to strengthen our um, perception of the gospel and, and, and of the Word of God, but also as a way to, to almost combat these false gospels. Mm -hmm. No, that's exactly in our right. Lives. That's um, exactly right. And so I'll kind of move on to the, to the topic today. Sure. Uh, we'll be kind of we want to dive more into the false gospel of be good and you'll be saved. Okay. Um, this is a false gospel I've seen in Auburn mm -hmm. uh, many times. You know, when I'm when I'm sharing the gospel with someone or asking them what they believe, and mm -hmm. uh, commonly I'll hear back, uh, I just think I just need to be good, and I'm and mm -hmm. I'm fine, and I'll be good. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just such a hard hitting false gospel because it mm -hmm. can 
do multiple things um, to your mind, something that you'll probably, you'll definitely explain later on. And so I'll kind of let you take oh, it away I, from no, here. No, I just think that's such a helpful beginning point because you, you just described it. You're, you're trying to explain uh, the good news of Christ and, and the presumption is, and it's, it's kind of a passive presumption, right? I think I'm fine with God. Um, and what's so dangerous about that is I'm actually the one getting to discern that I'm okay with God. Uh, as a as a newlywed, you'll you'll appreciate the illustration, right? Um, I know in my own marriage that that it is not just what I think about how things are going that determines how things are going. Uh, there's another human being over there named my wife, and she also has a thought on how things are going. So there would have to be some measure of relationship and conversation to know if we're in a good place. Uh, the same is the same is true with in our relationship with God. And so though I might sit back and passively think, yeah, I think I'm doing fine. I mean, I think God and I are pretty good. I, I genuinely don't hurt people. I try to be a nice guy. Um, and and I don't, I'm, I'm better than the worst, I guess you'd say. Um, that That is such a, uh, it's such a dangerous presumption because I'm the only one getting to discern where I am. Right, and kind of on that same marriage metaphor, uh, if I'm the one discerning where I am, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we always give ourselves much more weight than we really deserve. Right. Don't we? Yeah. So that's precisely what people are doing in this false gospel. They're giving themselves the benefit of the doubt uh, and actually not listening to what the Bible says. So what does the Bible say uh, about my condition before God? It says I'm not morally neutral. Uh, for the wages of sin is death, and the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. First um, John one eight and nine. If we say we have no sins, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we have to begin with the posture that wait a second, uh, it would be a self deception to say that I don't have sin. Now, where does it? Um, where do many of our friends land when they say, I think I'm doing pretty good? They might even say, I think I have some sin, right? Right. They would just not presume that the wages of sin equals death, right? That my sin is so severe, even looking at a woman uh, lustfully, even looking over at someone else's paper while I'm taking a test, uh, even even slightly cheating on my taxes, uh, any of those things are sufficient enough not even counting the hatred of my heart, the bitterness, the envy, um, the self-righteousness, the pride, not counting any of that, even the smallest sin is sufficient to cast me into hell. Um, And so we have to really begin with what the Bible says about who I am. Right. Um, And that kind of takes us back to, I mean, you're you're some direct quotes from the verses in in Sermon on the Mount by Christ. Yeah. Um, Mm. That kind of takes us back into this is actually a heart issue. Yeah. Um, And this is not something we can just be better than the next person at. Uh, this is something we need to strive for. Yeah, I think it's a great comment because if, if my comparison is, I had an old pastor friend who would say this. When somebody would uh, say, well, I think I'm fine, he would say, um, who are you better than? And then people would in, invariably start naming the axe murderer and the uh, kleptomaniac and the rapist and the and the arsonist. And, and he would go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you are definitely better than the dregs of society. Like you're better than the worst, right? But the heart of the measurement is what does God say about me? So uh, if we want to think about this in that in that prong, I think God and I are fairly good, um, then it's because I've presumed that I'm really not super bad. It's a false gospel because 
it automatically takes away my need for Christ. Right? I don't need a Savior if I'm not very bad. And if I presume that God's okay without me being excellent or holy or perfect, but um, the Bible repeatedly says, be holy for I am holy. Um, be holy for as your heavenly Father is, is holy. Um, and Jesus says, you know, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the, of the most religious people of our day, unless it exceeds that, you have no chance of entering the kingdom of heaven. So I think that's a, that's a really important danger. I think that if we take this from a second angle, let's, let's think about this differently too. The, the be good and you'll be saved. Uh, so we've talked about a passive approach. Another approach, which is equally dangerous, is, is, um, is simply this, that my good works, meaning I really am trying to have good works, and my church attendance, and, uh, and, and, and I really don't miss church, right, that that posture would, would um, lead me to a be good and be saved mentality as well. And so the first one we talked about is, is in some ways passive. Uh, the second one is, in, I, I think you might say panicked, right? I don't know if I'm going to do enough. I better never miss church. I better never say an unkind word. I better always be um, absolutely flawless. And I suspect there are people who think that Christianity is just about, well, God put me on this highway. And, and, and because sometime a long time ago, I can't remember when, I walked an aisle, maybe I got baptized, maybe I, I knew I needed Jesus, God put me on this major superhighway. Now my job is just simply to keep it in between the white lines. And the reason that that's so dangerous is because the presumption is that I'm going to be saved from here forward by virtue of me being good. What happens when you veer outside the lines? What happens when your heart actually doesn't do what you ought to want to do? Then suddenly you're in the ditch. But if your salvation is so is is only some long ago memory and not a regular life pattern, then the presumption is, well, okay, I, I'm going to keep myself in the in the road by going to church. I'm going to keep myself in the road by being nice. I'm going to keep myself in the road by not drinking too much and, and maybe not uh, sleeping around and being wild. The presumption is um, I'll just somehow be good enough by busting my tail. Yeah, which, I mean, like you said before, it can just be so depressing in a way because mm -hmm. we cannot do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that to even believe a gospel that's not fully upon Christ, like that kind of false gospel, would just mm. um, have no joy in it. Yeah, it would, it would. It would lack complete joy. And I think it. You know what we're, whether we've mentioned it or not, what we're really talking about is the first one of our gospel. Uh, you know, the first prong of this "be good and be saved" idea is uh, failing to understand justification. The second part of it might be failing to understand justification and sanctification, right? right. Uh, how do I get in right standing with God, and can I possibly do enough? And then how do I remain in right standing with God? I suspect there are people who are genuine believers who would hear this and not be confused about justification, but they might be confused about how to keep themselves in the love of God. So um, this is, a lot of, in a lot of ways, why Martin Luther struggled um, 
he began as a monk to to struggle with the the law of God, and he would later say, "I did not love God; I hated the righteous God, um, who judges sinners." And and it wasn't until he began to translate and read the Book of Romans that he came to Romans chapter five, and he was really undone. Which says, uh, chapter 5, 1, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody knows that for Luther, justification was uh, a huge turning point for him to understand that, that peace with God could be had simply by faith. Uh, that was a landmark for him. What am I missing here? Um, no, you're hitting the spot on. I do have a quote that I'd love to, sure. to yeah, say by uh, Charles Spurgeon. He says that if heaven were by merit... It would never be heaven to me, for if I were in it, I should say, I am, I am sure I am here by mistake. Mm. I'm sure this is not my place. Mm. I have no claim to it. But if it be of grace and not of works, then we may walk into heaven with boldness. Mm. And that's, I mean, isn't that the, uh, an answer so beautifully to the second part of this, right? There's, there's going to be a, a very tenderhearted person who may, may misunderstand the gospel, and, and Spurgeon's quote really provides for us uh, a glimpse into what that tenderhearted person would be thinking. Right. How could I possibly be here? How could I ever attain access to God or have a relationship with him? Um, and Spurgeon answers it. Uh, if it was based on my works, I'd never think I could be there. But if it's by grace, then I really do belong. Uh, more than that, I'm welcomed. That's really the heart of what he's saying. It's such a beautiful quote. So yeah. What else? Anything else we um, need to cover here? I was just going to recap real quick. Yeah, please do. Um, so we have this false gospel where it says, mm-hmm. be good and you'll be saved. Yeah. Um, and we've kind of divided that into two prongs, right? One's more passive. Um, as long as I'm you know, good in my own opinion or as long as I'm better than the person next to me, where however I'm judging myself, yeah. um, then I'm good. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more out of a neutrality to God. And then we have mm-hmm. this another prong that is... Um, kind of in a way realizing that um wow i have to be a little better than that mm-hmm. um, and so it kind of puts us on this this road to all right what do i need to do to be saved yeah um and just like the uh, this we didn't talk about this before but the, the in matthew um i can't quite remember exactly which which chapter it is but the the the, the rich young man that comes mm-hmm. and says what can i do to be saved yeah um, and Christ just says to him, uh, you know, follow the law. Mm. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because the man is starting with uh, already the, mm. the, the presumption that what can I do to be saved? Mm. Um, and so, I mean, what a, uh, what a beauty that as he says, you know, uh, uh, well, I have done that. Mm. Christ says, I can't quite remember. Do you have it pulled up? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's uh, Matthew records it. Um, in uh, Matthew 19, Mark records it in Mark 10, Luke records it in chapter 18. But you remember in that in that account that when the rich young ruler leaves, he actually walks away um, despondent. And why does he walk away despondent? It's because Jesus says, uh, well, you know the law, and he goes, he circles back through it. But then he says, oh, yeah, one more thing you need to do. Just sell everything and give it to the poor, and you'll have riches in heaven. And he goes away sad because he, he's not actually willing to do that. Yeah. Because based on his own presumption of the law, he was fine. Jesus says, oh, the law is higher than that. You also need to go ahead and sell everything. Now, what's the point? 
there is absolutely no salvation by works. There's none. So uh, the man walks away despondent, but the crowd is taught a lesson, right? Right. There's only one through whom you can be saved, and it's the one speaking, right? You know, it's it's Christ. Um, so it's a great it's a great comment because the heart of both of these two prongs is that be good and be saved is always a works based salvation. Whether whether I'm passive and just presuming on God, or whether I'm so uh, troubled that I hope I can do enough to be loved and be accepted. They're both a treadmill of works, and there is no salvation outside of Christ. Uh, but in Christ, there is salvation rich and full for sinners of all kinds. So I think that it's a great question. I look forward to continuing the series. Me too. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Zellner. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this is Conversations with Christ Presbyterian Church. Thank you. Thank you.